Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate the Wickedly Smart Women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create change all around the world. Now here's your host, Emerald Green Forest. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart Women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Emerald Greenforest, and today we welcome our special guest, Kim Dimoz. Kim leads a team of brilliant women supporting other brilliant women by tailored designing business ecosystems for femtrepreneurs. We take care of all the moving parts so you can focus on leading your business to the change you want to see in this world. By streamlining and optimizing what you're doing and introducing systems with a dash of persuasive marketing, you'll hit your bold, audacious goals like growing from 100,000 to a million in 12 months, expanding your influence to 200,000 followers, or enjoying a work-free vacay with SOPs and strategies that keep your business running even while you are relaxing. I am so excited to have you here all the way from Australia today. Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, Kim. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here, I gotta say. I am excited to have you. You're my first international interview on this show, which is awesome. But we are already downloading in 18 countries around the world, including Australia. So yay for that. Really, really glad to have you here. And I'm so interested and curious about what called you to step into the work that you're doing now, leading a team that is in support of other leaders. Mm. Well, I like to say that my business actually started, you know, 20 years ago. It's never a linear journey, right? And <laughs> and 20 years ago, I found myself single, pregnant, and 19. And it was that moment for me. All my life, I believed that I needed a man to um, succeed in life. And I was waiting for that Prince Charming to come. And that Prince Charming came and he was dashing and handsome. <laughs> and then he left. And I was eight months pregnant with my son. And, you know, it ended up being quite, quite a dramatic departure from our lives. He was caught importing cocaine from, um, yeah. <laughs> He was caught importing cocaine into the country and he ended up going to jail. And so it was quite a dramatic exit. And I was left with this young, beautiful boy. And it was in that moment in my heart, I knew that I needed to have a different story for him. I knew that it was my job as his mom to to create a new story and a new opportunity for him in life. And so that's what I did. I went to university. I got my degree in politics. And then I went on to manage national election campaigns here and in New Zealand. And it was from there that my business was born. So the skills that I learned in politics 
getting votes. They're the same strategies that we use to get clients. And so it was a natural transition. And along the way, you know, I got to show my son that, you know, you can be a rocking, you know, strong, independent person, no matter what life throws your way, you know? And that for me is why I'm called to do this work because just like you, I like to help women create their wealthiest life, you know? Mm. And that for me is, is why we started this company and why I hire brilliant women to support other brilliant women. Beautiful. I love that. So let's talk about, just, I just want to actually touch into the guy being taken out. <laughs> the father got taken out because of his illegal activities. It's interesting because I have a little bit of a parallel story, not exactly the same, but the man I was dating many years ago he abruptly left my life as well because he was arrested for too much pot. I mean, like 12 pounds or 15 pounds or something. Like it was clear at the time that pot was not, you know, you weren't allowed to do that. (laughs) Now now it's a different world, but yeah, so I can totally relate. And I wasn't pregnant, thankfully, at the time, but I can totally relate to how it feels to have a relationship with somebody and then have them turn into somebody that you weren't expecting or didn't know that they were. And then, uh, you know, have have your whole life and maybe even your identity in that relationship start to come into question. So what I'd love to ask you, because a lot of times what we do as leaders is we have to learn how to make decisions, often very swiftly, and we have to be able to trust ourselves in order to make those decisions. So did that experience in any way cause you to build any mistrust for yourself? And if it did, what can you share with our women that you were able to do to maybe take some of that mistrusting yourself energy and diffuse it and and really step into being able to be a leader who can make decisions and -hmm. trust yourself to make the best ones that you can? What a great question. Yes, I was a young woman. I was only 19 years old. And so i hadn't really gotten to know myself very well (laughs) at that age. And so, yes, I spiraled for the next few years on a path of absolute distrust in myself. My esteem was low, my self-esteem, my self-worth. I was in a very precarious situation. And it led me on quite a, a challenge in terms of my mental health, you know, and I definitely spent a lot of that period making choices that were not in my best interest, you know, whether it was making choices about my life or making choices about partners that I chose to interact with. It was a really tough time in my life. And I think the one thing that I've always had in my favor is my ability to get curious about the challenges. And I think that that's something that in general, as a society, we shy away from. But for me, the greatest growth has always come from my darkness. And I've always seen my darkness as something to be completely embraced and celebrated. Those moments of my life that shock people and that people wonder how I got through, those are the moments that have made me who I am. Those moments and my ability to explore them, you know, and explore them through a whole host of creative ways like journaling, like dance, like yoga, like running, therapy. I have, you know, spent 
countless hours in gestalt therapy. And I love that type of, you know, that type of curiosity and that willingness to go into the muck because I believe that's the fastest path out. And it's also what produces that ability to learn more about yourself so that you can be the leader that you need to be in life and in business. So what I want to ask you next, because you are a leader and because you have the capacity to take yourself into those deep, dark places, I'd love to have you talk to our women, especially those women here who are entrepreneurial in nature, whether they're building a side business, a side hustle from their day job, or whether they're fully immersed in the entrepreneurial journey. I'd love to have you talk about how you navigate those dark times in your business, right? Mm -hmm. And how you not only navigate the dark times in your business, but because you have a team, each member of the team is in varying stages of their own evolution and growth, I'm sure. And so it's almost like if one person's finally through the muck, the next person in line might start going into the muck. So I'd love to have you talk about how you transit all of that and are able to even in those dark times, still serve the, the people that you are serving? Yeah. Well, I won't lie. It's been a huge growth for me. And I think it is for everyone in a leadership role, male or female. I think sometimes women are a little harder on themselves though. But for me, it's about putting in place structures that really support my growth. I know myself very well now. And I think that that's probably the greatest gift you can give yourself is knowing who you are and what you need. And so for me, I know that I need to put in place particular structures in my life to support that. Like, for example, running with friends three times a week, you know, for example, going to bed at 8 p.m. Yes, I miss out on a whole lot of night stuff, but I wake up early. I need to get good sleep. So it's putting in place all those structures of support. And that's just the foundation. That's the basics, you know, that you need to do as a, an entrepreneur, as a leader, as a human to show up as your best every day. The next thing is I take care of my mental health every single day. Not a day goes by that I don't get curious or read something or invest myself in something that's going to stretch the way that I think. It could even just be reading one sentence that completely like revolutionizes my entire way of thinking. And so I'm proactive. I'm proactive every single day looking for things. And then when it comes to my team, we embrace humanness in our team. We believe in vulnerability. And I would say that there's really um, a fine line that we walk as leaders where we have that vulnerability that comes in and also the realities of running a business and getting work done. And it's a very delicate balance to walk. And I've, I guess, held this balance by being radically honest with my team and creating lots of spaces for curiosity, creating lots of space for connection and conversation, helping my team 
understand what their vision is and what their dream is and motivating them through those dreams to help them succeed in, in their own lives. And when it comes to our business and it comes to looking after the team members, because I only believe, I believe that you're only as good as the people that you surround yourself with. And so everything that we do is built in a way that as the company grows, you know, the bank accounts of our team members grow. And so we've got lots of structures in place that encourage that growth and give incentive for that growth to happen. And it's not just financial. It's also things like time off, having extra time off. And the, the other way that, you know, that I think is, is really important if you are just starting out with a team or you've had a team for a while is one of the things that I think that we do that's quite unique is no one works more than 30 hours per week. And so I believe that in order to have a fruitful life, you can't spend your time working. And so we provide that foundation in our company. So our team can work 30 hours a week, but they still have the opportunity to earn a full-time wage and more through the systems and structures that we put in place. Um, so everyone gets to work and collaborate in a way that changes their lives. Beautiful. Well, you are definitely a leader who is walking your talk and talking the walk. And we are going to take a short break right now, but we'll be back in a moment with Kim DeMoz. And uh, right now, Wickedly Smart Women, we actually need your help. So that's one thing leaders do is they ask for help. If you are enjoying this show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. And we'd love to have you share with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. I want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We are welcoming thousands of downloads from all over the world, and I want to shout out this week to our listeners. We might as well shout out to our listeners in Australia, and we'll be right back with Kim DeMoz. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Creative Age Consulting Group. Women, are you ready for a big revenue breakthrough so you can stop working like a man and being paid like a woman? Are you ready to take the leap and go deep to claim your value and convert your wisdom to wealth? Is now the time to fulfill your mission and change the world? Creative Age Consulting Group is hired by women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance and be heard by millions while building a sustainable business model that makes bank. Please visit apply.wealthylifemethod.com to apply for an invitation-only consultation. If you have been inspired to receive support in welcoming wealth by making your most heartfelt contribution to the world, be sure to apply for a consultation today. Once again, that is apply.wealthylifemethod.com or click in the link in the show notes to access the application. And we are back with Kim DeMoz. She is the leader of the Lightning Rod Agency, and you can find out more about her and her team of brilliant women who are serving other brilliant femtrepreneurs and helping to design their business ecosystems at lightningrodagency.com. And we will definitely put that in the show notes. 
So tell us about your agency, Kim. What exactly specifically and precisely are you doing for the clients that you serve? Oh, well, it's so exciting. I mean, for me, it's just so exciting because what we get to do with clients is we get to we get to help them live their dream. I mean, and for me, that is just like mind blowing. I love it when a client comes back to us and says, hey, I had my first 100K month and it's just like the goosebumps that you get, you know, to know that you're part of that success, to know that you're helping the world by raising the vibration of brilliant women. I mean, that for me is just like spot on. So the way that we do that is we have done for you services. So we have a team of women who have a range of skill sets like strategy, marketing, copywriting, advertising. And so it's basically end-to-end marketing for your business, whether online or offline, we can help you. Beautiful. I love that. And is your team employees or are they like contract workers who are all over the world? They're all over the world and it varies. We sometimes have contractors, but otherwise we have staff, but we love to even treat our contractors like staff. You know, everyone becomes part of the team and we all work together. It's like you get a um, pre-made team ready to serve you and there's none of the onboarding or hand-holding that often happens when you bring on a new staff member. Mm. Um, and so it just fast-tracks your success because you get a partner, not someone that you have to tell what to do. You know, we come in and we partner with you and we amplify your brilliance. Oh, I love that. They amplify your brilliance, Lightning Rod Agency. So <laughs> check them out in the show notes. So Kim, I want to ask you about another leadership question that I have. You know, I, I have a little uh, memnonic here for how I work with my guests when I'm asking them questions and it spells out leaders. And so the question I have for you now is how do you know when it's time for you to let go of what no longer serves for you to be doing in your role as a leader? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm going through that right now. (laughs) And it never stops, right? There's always something to release and let go so that you can, I like to call it shedding your skin, you know, and you're stepping into that magnificent version that's waiting for you. You know, the point that I know is when I start to worry, I start to, there's a sense in my heart and in the pit of my stomach that comes up. (laughs) It's like a, a little anxiety feeling. And that's when I know that I'm into my next phase of growth, of letting go, because it makes me uncomfortable, you know? And I think that that's probably the thing that I've learned is that being uncomfortable is not only okay, it's kind of necessary for the growth that we want to achieve as brilliant women. I love that. And I too appreciate serpent medicine. I use serpent medicine a lot with my clients and I uh, use it a lot myself and shedding your old skin so that you can you know, grow into the new being that you are being and the new leader that you are becoming. So thank you for sharing snake medicine today. So that leads to my next question in my little leader's uh, memnonic here, which is how do you evaluate what's yours to do? Mm. Well, I mean, it evolves 
daily almost. Like if you if you want a thriving, fast-paced growing company, it it changes every day. You know, the way that I showed up yesterday isn't gonna cut it today, you know, and the same for tomorrow. So it's constantly evolving. But I think that the thing that's most important is having and this <laughs> this might start getting boring, but having like structures in place, you know, having a solid strategy in place. I'm constantly surprised at how many businesses don't have a solid strategy in place that shows them where they're growing to, you know, and shows them where that next set of evolution lies, particularly when you've got a team. When you're leading a team, having that pathway of growth is absolutely crucial to their success and to their motivation as well. So, yeah. I love that. I love the showing where you're growing to, not where you're going to, but where you're growing to. That's beautiful. That's right. So the next question is about asking for help. How do you ask for help and how often do you ask for help, Kim? (laughs) Well, I'm only not asking for help right now because I'm here on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, go ahead and ask for some help right now, Kim. You can do that. Oh, gosh. Well, you know what? I am a master at asking for help. And that's something I've never struggled with. But I know that a lot of women do. And it's something that, you know, I hope I can set as an example. But my very first hire was actually a housekeeper. And she actually made me this cup of tea that I've got here. And I think asking for help is, is, again, the greatest gift that you can give yourself. You know, whether it's making a cup of tea or having a housekeeper, but more importantly, the decisions that you make in your business. When you ask for help and when you build a team of, whether it's women or a team of, you know, whatever gender, when you build that team around you and ask for help, like the the growth that you experience is incredible, particularly because of the energy that it creates, Mm -hmm. you know, the momentum, the ability to like get stuff done. You know, it enhances your brilliance. It allows you to focus on what you're really good at. Like, yeah, that to me is, is asking for help as being one of the reasons why my company has grown so quickly because I have no problem asking for help. Yay, beautiful. <laughs> and you brought some really good, powerful messages in there for the women who do have a challenge asking for help. I think a lot of times money often is part of the equation when it comes to asking for help. So I'm going to pop out of my leaders here and go right up to the money relationship question. So can you talk a little bit about the process for you of coming into, you know, right relationship with money and creating cash flow and you know, it's part of the asking thing. One way we ask for help is by asking for clients, right? Your business is not a business if you're not asking in that direction for clients and asking for the sale. So can you talk a little bit about anything that's happened for you over the years in your relationship with money that you feel would be of service to our listeners and, um, you know, where you're at with that now in your, Mm. in your journey? Yeah. Well, I mean, if I take us back to when I was pregnant, you know, at 19 and faced with the reality of all of a sudden having my world completely obliterated. (laughs) And I found myself in what we call Centrelink here. So our social services. And I'm sitting there across from a social worker crying at the prospect of having to rely on the government to support me. 
So my relationship with money hasn't been easy. And it's not something that I really understood. You know, what I knew is that I was always able to create blocks of income that would come in and I'd be able to live off that. And then it'd go so low and I'd get so anxious. And then I'd bring in another block of income. Mm. And it wasn't until probably my late twenties that I got curious about this pattern because I all of a sudden realized that this is how money and I had danced for my whole life. Mm. And so I got curious about the pattern because it was very present in my business. Mm. And you can't really run a successful business, particularly with team members, because, you know, obviously I take that responsibility mm-hmm. so deeply. It's so important. I'm looking after other families with my business. And I had to do some pretty confronting soul searching there. <laughs> it, was, it was confronting. And some of that soul searching looked like my bank account going down to nearly zero. And this was when I was a couple of years into business, Mm. going down to close to zero and sitting with the absolute discomfort of that and exploring that and mending and healing that relationship, Mm. healing my feelings around my own self-worth, you know? understanding what business looks like in truth because I think often we're bombarded with these messages of how much money you can make by doing this or doing that or you know we're always seeing influencers posting their success of wealth and sometimes as a business owner you can feel a little a little like Inadequate, inadequate, (laughs) shamed, inadequate, guilty for not doing better. Gosh. And, and so for me, part of this process has been learning about the realities of business that sometimes it doesn't matter at what stage of business you are, sometimes cash flow is going to be tight and you just have to roll with the punches. And one big lesson that I learned this year which I think will be very valuable because I know that a lot of women feel shame about this. And I did, but I I healed through this process was I actually ignored my tax for the first maybe two years in business. (laughs) And I racked up a debt of about $150,000. Well, you're not the only one. I have not a, the only I, one. I have a deal with the government that I'm paying off myself. Yep. But it wasn't quite one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, but <laughs> it was. I did. I had the same challenge. So you're not alone. Yeah, yeah and and we're not. And um, these are the things that we don't talk about a lot, though. And I think well, you know, important. sometimes I think the decision is: do I pay the government or do I pay my team? Mm-hmm. You know, and or do I pay the government or do I put food on the table for my kid? And That's so, right. you know, sometimes we have to make those tough decisions, Kim. And one tough decision I have to make is to stop this interview because we are already at the end of the show and I could actually spend a long time talking to you. I really appreciate what you brought to the show today and to serve our Wickedly Smart Women. So uh, Wickedly Smart Women, We love feedback. Please let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line. We'll have that number in the show notes. Or you can send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are wonderful women. 
Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to review and rate Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.